Welcome, everybody, to the fourth episode of our Call of Cthulhu actual play short shot. This is going to be the potentially penultimate or last episode of At the End of Hope Street. I will be your keeper this evening. My name is Faye, and today we have back with us Felicity. Hi. We also have with us Norman. Your boy gonna die today. <laughs> that, that's just what it is. Uh, and Nate. I will survive. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> and of course we have with us Matt. Because it's Thriller. And last but not least, we have with us Tyler. Hi, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> I, I I hated that even more for some reason. Sounded like Jim Carrey. <laughs> just, just just tell me, a oh, long time listener, for some. It's good to be it. on. Thanks for having me. Oh God, stop! Uh, no. <laughs> uh, your teeth looked like his teeth for a second too. Yeah. Um. All right. So yeah. we're gonna recap what we did last time. So last time around, uh, we started off the scene with Walter and Butch at the hospital where his mom had been taken after she had fallen ill. Then, skipping forward, uh, Butch, Ray, and Aaron were at school and they decided, uh, sorry, Ray and Butch decided to play a little hooky and leave school early to go and meet Walter over at 135 Benefit Street, also known as the Shunned House. Aaron was, of course, uh, very serious about his schoolwork and decided not to skip school, but did ultimately join them there. At the Shunned House, they broke in through the back door, walked through, realized that it seemed as if there were people who actually may have still be, be living there because they saw trash that looked relatively new. They saw food that looked like it had been half eaten. Um, and very importantly, the four of them discovered a machine on the top floor of the house that when they turned it on seemed to open into a portal. And I believe Walter also threw uh, an envelope opener into the portal. That is, that it will be correct. They were very scared. They turned off the portal. And as they were arguing about what to do next, they heard somebody opening the door. And last time we left off with Angel, Angel had been in the cemetery, but she was not at school the other day with the boys, and she did not go to the shunned house. So I wanted to come back and start with you, Angel, because Angel, what were you doing? That's an excellent question, Faye. So I believe last time that we had left off, you had been in the Swan Point Cemetery, and there you had started to, I think you like started to follow some footsteps that you saw, you came to a grave, and you then you found a piece of paper that you read. Yeah, um, I remember not being able to read what I read, uh, or if I could read it, it was something that I was going to take to the boys. Yes. When you had gone to the cemetery, it, was, it wasn't the middle of the night, but it was certainly twilight. And you had read uh, a, piece, a note that was in uh, Latin. So let's bring up the scene there. You were reading the note in Latin. You realize you can't really understand what's going on. What do you do next? Uh, I'm going to stuff the note inside my blouse where it is safe. And I'm going to look around to see if I'm being watched. Yeah, go ahead and roll a spot hidden check for me. Sure. That's something I can do. 
Okay, I rolled a seven, which is... Um, That's very good. Yeah. Uh, remind me of what the levels of success are again. So you can have a normal success, so you're just less than whatever your percentile is. If you're less than half, it's a hard success. Less than a fifth is an extreme success. And then a critical success is like if you rolled a one. Okay, so I got an extreme success then. Very exciting. Okay, because you rolled that extreme success, you realize that behind one of the larger, almost what looks like a mausoleum, like it's kind of like this large concrete, maybe cement building that's behind you that has been dedicated to another dead person, you notice a shadowy figure. Can I make out if it appears to be an adult or even a human? Yes, so the figure does look about, you know, regular human size. It's probably about somewhere between five and a half to six feet tall. And even as you turn and you look at this figure and you see that figure, they begin to move towards you and you hear that soft padding of their feet on the grass in the cemetery. And you see as they walk towards you, they seem to be wearing a gray cloak. At least that's what it appears to you in the twilight lighting at this time. But because you rolled so well, you realize that as they walk towards you, part of the robe catches a flicker of the dying light of twilight. And that robe seems to change, almost going from gray to like an iridescence almost of color. Can I make out their countenance at all? No, they have a hood over their head and so you can't see their face in this lighting, and they continue to approach. Who goes there? As you speak, the figure stops. They are about 10 feet from you. They raise their head almost, so you can see kind of the bottom part of their face, and it does look, at least to you, human. You can see lips and the tip of a nose, and you hear in what sounds like a feminine voice, what are you doing here? You shouldn't be here. I'm sorry, I was just going. What are you doing next to that grave? I was merely paying my respects. I, I should go. I'm going to take a step back. Uh, towards the grave? <laughs> uh, towards wherever the closest exit is, but like, tentatively, as though I'm not committing to the act of leaving just yet. Okay. Why don't you roll a Persuade with a penalty dice, or with disadvantage, um, basically, because that person knows exactly whose grave you were looking at. And it's very weird for you to be paying respect to the grave of William Jewett Peabody. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, well, I failed both rolls. The figure steps towards you. She says, I saw you bend down and pick something up. Show it to me. I'll show her my empty hands. I have nothing. Uh, is there like a deception or something like that on here? Because I, I think... Um, there's fast talk. Oh, yeah. Y I think you gotta do that or like another persuade because I don't think they believe you right now. She still can't force me to reveal it even if she doesn't believe it. <laughs> no, 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 exactly. But you gotta... Uh, I definitely failed fast talk. Clearly why? I presume is a woman says, you found something and I need you to return it to me. It belongs to me. I did not see your name on it. 
She holds out her hand as she says this, as if expecting you to return that piece of paper. I'm going to give her a hard look. And then I'm going to slowly pull the paper out from my blouse. And I'm going to say, if I give you this, will you give me answers? I don't promise anything. As I said, you don't belong here. I don't think you know what it is that you seek, or how dangerous it is. That may be true. I'm going to put the paper back in my blouse, and I'm going to say, but without reassurances that you can tell me anything, I'm afraid I haven't seen any papers. And I'm going to turn and start walking away. And you hear her say, I gave you a choice. You could have given me what I wanted. And I think you look over your shoulder and she takes out a knife and comes after you. Uh, Well, I'm going to shriek at the top of my lungs and uh, I'm going to start running away. Okay, let's go into like a brief combat. Oh, shit. So what we're going to do is we're going to kind of do like a chase scene um, that's kind of like combat. So what I want to want you to look at, um, Angel, is look at your uh, dex on your sheet. Okay, I'm looking at it. Okay, and what is your dex? 60. Okay, that sounds good. You have a better dex than this person. So I am going to essentially let you do a couple of things. You can run. Um, where you can use your action to try and get away from her. And I'm going to say that like every action, you can run about 60 feet and she will run about 50 feet. Um, Or, of course, you can choose to fight this person. Well, as I don't believe that I have any kind of weaponry, I'm going to choose to run. All right, go ahead and roll that dex roll for me to make sure that you are able to get away. Or if you stumble. That is a success. Excellent. Um, so you are able to run 60 feet. Uh, I'm assuming that you're running towards the exit of this uh, cemetery. Oh, absolutely. Yes. All right. She's going to roll as well. Uh, she also rolls a success and begins to run after you. And you look back and she is 10 feet behind you. Okay. Still closer than I'd like. Uh, I'm going to try and run as fast as I can. Go ahead and roll again for me. She's two is going to roll after you roll. Looking at a hard success. Excellent. You are again able to dodge and weave between these tombstones, and you are able to get away um, and run an additional 60 feet. Um, And she, unfortunately, is not as dexterous as you are and stumbles behind one of the gravestones that's low to the ground and falls down. So now you are a good 70 feet um, away from her. The gates of the cemetery, I'm going to say, are an additional 100 feet before you. And so you are going to have to get there before she is able, before you can actually successfully leave her. Okay. I'm, uh-huh, I'm going to uh-huh. keep, uh, I'm going to keep running. Okay, um, okay. before I make my next roll, have I lost any sanity from this interaction with her? Not quite yet. Okay. You haven't fought her or anything. You've just found what you think is a human being and you're running away because they pulled the knife on you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's pretty legit. Uh, okay. Well, there's my first failure of this run. Okay, so as she, as you um, run, you're kind of looking back to kind of see where she's coming from, and because of that, you kind of run headlong into a gravestone, oof, 
and just like stop. So currently you are still 70 feet ahead of her, but she's gonna roll and see if she can get, actually, you know what? Since you've stopped 70 feet, she's gonna try and throw her knife at you to see if that will get you. Um, she's gonna have to roll really well to do this though. Yikes. And uh, throws the knife and misses. Uh, did I see where the knife went? Yeah, I think for story purposes, it's kind of wide. Like, I think their fight is like a 45% for um, overall. So you, you like slump over this like gravestone that you run into. And then you see this like knife just kind of like whiz right past your face and go thunk into like a nearby tree. Okay. Um, I don't want to waste a lot of time going after this knife, especially because I don't really want to hurt her. I just don't want her to hurt me. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm just gonna run past it. Okay. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna keep making a break for that that gate, screaming mm-hmm. the whole time with the hope that the, the uh, oh yeah yeah with the hope that uh, someone will hear. There's gotta be a policeman around somewhere, right? Okay. Uh, that is another success. Uh, she unfortunately fails, throws the knife, and stumbles one more time. Roll a luck for me to see if there's a policeman around that can hear you. Very unfortunately, there's not that many people that visit graveyards at night. <laughs> well, but there's patrol cops on beats around. Uh, so, uh, I rolled under my luck score. Does it matter if it's, uh, half or anything? No, so you have a success? I do have a success. Perfect. Okay. So you are now about, um, I believe, 40 feet from the gate. So basically, if you make one more success, you can get out of here. But as you're kind of screaming your head off, what are you screaming? Oh, I'm just screaming. There's no words. Okay. As you're screaming, um, you see what appears to be like a night's watchman of some kind, kind of like poke his head around the gate. Um, And he says, what's... What's happening? And uh, sees you and says, Ma'am, are, are you okay? I'll stop screaming so I can answer him. There is a, a crazy woman. She is chasing me through the graveyard. Please help me. Are you still running? Uh, yeah. Okay, roll your, roll your uh, decks. Let me run into his arms. That is a success, an exact success. Perfect. Uh, You run through the gate towards the Night's Watchman, um, kind of screaming about this woman, and he catches you and says, Whoa, 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 Uh, miss, 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 calm yourself. Uh, Explain what's happening. I was in the graveyard paying respects to a deal lost friends, and this woman came out of nowhere and started attacking me with a knife. I do not understand what she wanted. Please, uh, I am new to this area. I do not understand why she would hurt me so. And as you are saying this, you turn. I'm assuming you're gesturing to where the woman was behind you. She was probably more than 100 feet now behind you. Um, And as you do this, and and the night's watchman turns to kind of look at the usual piece of Swan Point Cemetery, you don't see anyone. I, I smell she was there. I was... I'm going to feel uh, my blouse to make sure I've still got the paper. Yeah, you still have the paper there. Okay. I, perhaps it was a phantasm of the twilight evening. I sincerely apologize. It is not my intent 
to disturb the peace. Do forgive me. Uh, no, of course. I mean, cemeteries at night are uh, a little creepy, and I... What's a what's a nice young woman like yourself doing in the cemetery at this time of day? Most people don't come after dark to pay their respects. He kind of looks you up and down. I was very busy during the day. I have school, and then I helped my father with his medical work, and I just wanted to take some time, and it was late in the evening when I set out and perhaps stayed too long talking at my friend's grave. I see. Well, allow me to escort you home, then. It's not safe uh, this time of night for a young woman like yourself to be out and about. Angel is going to blush and say, Thank you very much, officer. I would appreciate that greatly. And, uh, yeah, he, this officer um, escorts you back to your house uh, in his um, patrol car. On her way out of the graveyard, she's going to give one last look into the into the, the tombstones to see if she can see anyone peeking out, uh, maybe watching her leave. Roll a spot hidden. Ooh, that's a fail. So you look back to see if you can see anybody, and you see nothing. You see the graves, you see the gate, you see the grass. But just like the way that you had first entered this appears to be a peaceful cemetery at Swan Point. To kind of tie us back to what was going on previously, you were shaken by this. I'm not going to make you take any sanity damage because I think overall this shakes you, but you probably chalk this up to just a normal human being attacking you. And I do think because of that, you take the next day off from school. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, and um, I am going to then bring this back to the other four who are now standing in front of the machine in the shunned house, and you have just heard the knob on the door and the door open. Michelle, I wouldn't have killed you off so quickly. Hey, uh, What do you do? Guys, what if we... I had an idea, quick idea. What if we turn on the machine, right, and we the person will probably run up here, right, because they're like, oh, my machine's on. And then we take the person, we throw them into the portal. I don't know if that's a good idea. Not oh, I mean, test I... of the machine. As you're talking, you start to hear footsteps coming up the stairs. I'm going to position myself on one side of the door. Uh, I'm going to do an operate heavy machinery okay. and see if maybe I, for like a quick moment, I can like look over the machine and see if I could, I don't know, be able to properly turn on and off this machine. Okay. That is awesome. That is a success. Okay. You look at the machine very quickly, and you find out that it seems like the best way to turn on this machine is to turn on the lever that is attached to the generator. Okay. Um, it's the on button. <laughs> yes, I I know. I, I would have said that like after like a quick scan. I would say, lever turns it on and off. Walter. Which you already knew since they did it last time. Yeah, but I was more frantic about it. I wasn't actually fully paying attention of everything that was going on because Freaky Portal, there's a bunch of information coming at me. I'm a little bit frazzled right now. There's like the most moment of clarity that I've had. Okay. At that moment, I would have joined Walter on the opposite side. Uh -huh. And 
be like, so then when we go and grab this person, we're gonna chuck up into the portal. Okay, the machine is not on right now. Yes. Raymond wants to position himself right next to the lever with his hands on it. Mm. Okay. So you guys are kind of positioning yourselves to, like, kind of attack this person who's going to come up the stairs? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm holding my, my, my baseball bat with me. Okay, and Butch, what are you doing? So, <clears throat> didn't you describe the upstairs as completely wide open because they tore down all the wide walls? Wide open. So Correct. is there really a place to hide as soon as they come up the stairs? Not really. I mean, there's, you know, you could probably stand, like, at the edge of where the stairs start. Mm -hmm. But, like, there's not, like, a place to, like, really hide. I'm just going to prep my baseball to possibly whip it at the head as soon as I see it pop up the stairs. Okay. Just uh, kind of make sure it's not, like, a police officer or something like that first. So, so like, there's, like, a land... We're on, like, the landing, basically, of a staircase. There's no, like, door into a room, right? Okay. There's probably, like, banisters that come up, but it's not, like, a room. It's kind of, like, if you imagine just, like, a whole, like, um, like a loft almost. Right, okay. right, right. Okay. So everybody roll a listen check. No. Failure. Success. That is a failure for water. Failure. Okay. Um, so, Aaron, you are the only one. You realize the footsteps you hear are the click, click, click of heels. And even as you kind of listen, the clicks start to come louder as the person continues to walk up the stairs. Do you do anything with that information? Walter, it's heels. I hear heels clicking. I think it's a woman or someone dressing up as a woman. I don't know. But someone's coming up and it's getting faster, so be ready. Um, and so the person continues to walk upstairs even as you say this. The footsteps are, you know, not frantic. They're coming up. Um, and in that moment, you see a person walk up the stairs and turn to face all of you. And you recognize her, even as she turns, as Dr. Rose Germain from the physics department. I'm going to grab her. I'm going to hit her in the stomach with my bat. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, she's not expecting this, so sure, you can grab her. And, um, Aaron, go ahead and ro roll a fighting brawl. Fighting brawl? <laughs> that was my thought, actually, that was going to be you. <laughs> a fighting brawl, okay. Okay, that's a success. Because I'm not going to lie, if it had mm -hmm. been on Shell and Walter had grabbed her, at first she would have been like, oh, this is nice. But then being hit with the baseball bat, she would have been like, what the hell? It's an emotional um, roller coaster. How do I roll, do I, how do I roll the grapple, by the way? Sorry. Um, I would just do a strength check for you. Um, okay, so, Aaron, I'm going to have you look at your character sheet. Look down at build. Uh, do you have zero, one? What do you have? For build? Uh, mm -hmm. If you're a smaller person, it might be like a zero. Uh, build is zero. Zero. Okay, so you don't get a damage bonus because that, it just means that you're like a smaller person. Like a bigger person would have like more oomph to what they're doing. Yeah, so I'm very baseball... lith about my body frame. If anything, the, the way how I describe my body is more of... If I didn't do baseball, I can easily transition into um, being a competitive swimmer. Okay, so I'm going to have you roll 1d8 to see how much damage you do to this poor professor that's walking up the stairs. I have a strength of 80, and I rolled an 84. 
Okay, so you don't grab her, actually. She's actually able to dodge away from you, but she kind of, like, dodges and then gets, like, hit in the stomach by this club. Uh, a five? Okay, and she takes, oh, God, five damage, hitting this professor from Brown, in the stomach, and you kind of hear her make that, like, ooh, sound of, like, having all the wind knocked out of her. Mm-hmm. And she falls to the ground. She's not dead, but certainly getting hit in the stomach by a baseball bat uh, is not fun. And she, like, falls to the ground, kind of clutching her abdomen, uh, really unable to talk. Uh, what are you doing? I got scared. Well, let's put the bat away and just, like, let's just, you know, push. Get each one of her arms. Let's put her in a chair real quick. Uh, uh, there's no chairs up here. Yeah, there's no chairs here. Um, the chairs are downstairs, um, actually, if I remember correctly. Uh, well, why don't you, Mr. Babe Ruth, why don't you go get us a chair? All right, bring it back up the stairs. Why don't you cool off a little bit? Although, I, you and know, sh- honestly, honestly, Aaron, nice hit. Nice Thank hit. Thank you. That was, that was <laughs> really, really great form. Uh, I, and I really needed to see something normal like that right now, so thank you. I, I got you, man. I, I've been practicing when I'm not studying. Uh, so, yeah, I'll basically I'll go downstairs. I'll go to the library where I found the notes originally, and I'll basically bring the chair up. Can I do a spot hidden to see if there's... Was tape invented back then? Rope? Rope. Yeah, I'm going to look uh, for Probably rope, rope but uh, you pro- most people probably didn't have, like, scotch tape or something. So, spot hidden. Uh, that is a failure. Okay, well, this person didn't have rope in their house anyway. Okay. So, you don't find rope. <laughs> okay. Um, so, kind of as you're downstairs getting that chair, this... Probably, like, 50-something-year-old woman is, like, on the ground on all fours, grabbing her abdomen and just kind of, like, slow, like, breathing out, trying to kind of regain her breath. Um, And in the next few seconds kind of moves to a sitting position and is like, Who, who are you? And she looks up and sees all of you. And this look of recognition comes to her face because she's seen you before. And she says, why, why are you here? Why do you have a portal to space? Did she have an accent when we first met her? I think she did. Yeah. yeah. Why do you have a portal to space in your attic? Huh? There's, it's not, it's not mine. I. But you do know of it. You're still downstairs getting the chair. Oh, whoops. <laughs> Give me a couple minutes. We'll get you back. But you do know of it. I do. What are the three of you doing, four of you doing in this house? I'm sorry, ma'am. Uh. Really sorry. We thought you might have been an intruder. We were a little spooked by this thing. Uh, I'm are not you sorry okay? At all. We're looking for answers. Yeah, my mother had a note in her hand. She collapsed, and I had to run her to the hospital. And she had a note with this address uh, clutched in her hand. So I, yeah, I don't really feel bad to be honest. Especially since you were so dismissive of us before in your office. She kind of, like, looks up at you. There's, like, you know, uh, now, like, four of you, because I think Aaron has, like, brought the chair up. There's, like, four of you, like, standing over her, and Walter's, like, six feet tall, and there's only one six of her. Six two. Six two, yeah. And so she's, I mean, she's intimidated. And you also just hit her in the belly with, with, a, with a baseball bat, and she says, you want answers? I don't have all of them, but I can tell you a few things. There were five of you, not four, before. Yeah, uh, our friend... Angel is uh, some probably somewhere else. I don't know. I wasn't in right. school today. Uh, it doesn't matter. Wait, 
Why, do you, have you seen her recently? No, no, I haven't. Um, but you were the children that came to my office and asked about the Seekers of Truth. Yeah, and you weren't exactly forthcoming. Well, this is not something that you should be engaged with. It's quite dangerous. I myself have been trying to figure out what happened to the Seekers of Truth. It's only now that I, I came across this address and I came across this house just a week ago. And it, it's taken a lot of work to figure out exactly what it was that they were doing. How did you come across this address? The Seekers of Truth did not hide what they were doing. There were letters that they wrote to each other. There were diary entries. And this address, along with many other things, they left behind. I brought many of them with me. You may have seen the desk downstairs. That was a lot of what they had. And I came across this place just a week ago, and I, too came across this machine. I've been too afraid to turn it on. You haven't turned it on, have you? I look at Walter. No, oh no. No, we didn't we didn't turn it on. That would be that would be weird, right? We turned it on. Opens a portal. Yeah. And she kind of like looks down and shakes her head and she says, "Give me a moment. I can explain this as best I can." And she kind of, like, pulls herself up, sits down on the chair to kind of catch her breath. And she turns to you and she says, A year ago, a meteor fell into Providence Harbor. And ever since then, things have been wrong in Providence. Haven't you realized? I told you. Yeah, we got that part. Now how do we kill it? There's... You're you're jumping to conclusions. The Seekers of Truth tried to figure out exactly what it was that fell into the harbor, but... What they tried to find only brought them death, and I'm still trying to figure out exactly what it is that caused them to die. So they drew their conclusions from looking at the origins of the world. They looked up fantastical things, crazy things, things that I thought were the imaginings of a madman. But I found very quickly that there was some truth to it. They were trying to figure out what it was that that meteor brought with it to Earth, to Providence, and very quickly it consumed them. The, this machine, I think, was something that they used to bring something into this world, something ungodly, and I think it was that that killed them. So, so what's... How do we make sure we don't bring it in? We need to leave this house. I've Great. come a few times this week, but I am not the only person that's been here. There's others, people that I don't always find, but sometimes people come here, and I think that there are still remnants of the original Seekers of Truth that are hidden, that have gone too deep. Ma'am, we are already too deep. I... I agree, and I think the four of you have the ability to leave, to stop looking. We're, we're bringing the army in, ma'am. I'm, I'm calling my father as soon as I get home. I don't think that this is something the army is going to be able to deal with. Oh, and college professors are? I, too, was curious, and I, too, think that I have been in too deep, but th- we, need to, we need to go. This is not a safe place for us. If the rest of the Seekers of Truth return, they could 
kill us? Or... Now you say return, but you made it sound when we first met you that they're... they were gone. There are Seekers of Truth that have left, that have disappeared, as you know. But I think from my research that there are still those that are here. There's still those that continue to try and figure out what happened. And I think that they have gone in too deep and have become absorbed, have turned their entire lives to whatever it is that came with that media. So, real quick, so you you were you were like a physics you you you're, that's your specialty, right? Correct. Or, so, do you know like theoretically like where this sort of portal would go? It's what I've been trying to figure out. I have been studying physics my entire life, and I cannot, for the life of me, figure out the the science it would take to build something like this. There's a genius in Austria. His name is Einstein. I, I think. Yeah, we. You may have heard of him. Yeah, we. I definitely he read seemed, about him once. He seemed to know something, and I wonder if it was that they took his theories and applied them. I can't seem to figure it out. So would it be bad if we, I, like, someone theoretically threw something through that portal? I don't know. I've never turned the machine on. I didn't realize that it opened a portal. Okay. Did anything come through the portal? No, it was just, uh, looked like, it, it looked like a bunch of stars, right, guys? I mean, nothing yeah. came through that we could see anyway. Yeah. It, it looked mostly just stars, basically the night sky, but, and, like, the, the size that a human can fit through. Hey, Professor. Yes. Maybe these uh, seekers of truth have the right idea. And what was that? If, we're, if we need to figure out what's underneath Providence and fight it, maybe we need something on our side. And what do you propose that would be? Something from in there. Are you... You want to turn the portal back on? Well, you said yourself it's not, uh, not a job for the army. They can't do it. We need something on the supernatural scale to fight something supernatural. Yes, and a think... bunch of high schoolers like us is going to go over there and convince them that's... You got a better idea, school. Aaron? Raymond... Yeah, we'd leave it alone or how we destroy the damn thing and we don't speak about this at all to the point that we take it to our graves. Yeah, and just let people keep dying. That's a great idea. Let's what do if that. Someone, yeah, and what if someone, like, they said they brought something here. What if it's the only way they could put it back? You know? So, like... What if you get sucked in, and your mother's left alone, Walter? Think Mom, about she, your mother. Well, she had my uncle. She might be dead anyway, Butch. Oh, I might be the that, one. Man. I might be the one left alone. My father died. <sighs> it can happen. Where Where'd this meteor land, ma'am? I don't in recall. In Harbor. In the harbor. In the harbor. You ever seen now, anything weird, Walter? Yeah, my father died in the harbor. Well, I felt yeah. that was pretty fucking weird at the time. I'm gonna need everybody to roll a luck roll. That's ominous. Success. Failure. Failure. Angel, sorry, you're not there quite yet. That is a success. The Those of you that rolled a success, your eyes, as you're speaking to this professor, kind of come to a piece of paper that has landed at her feet. And if you recall from last time, when you turned on that portal, it was like everything, pieces of paper, things that were not nailed down were just like swirling in the air because of all the force that the arm was generating. And you see a piece of paper that kind of falls open at her feet that has just landed there. I want that piece of paper. 
All right, Raymond, you can pick it up. Um, and the reason you pick it up, Raymond, is because your eye catches a large, bold word um, that you have never seen before on that piece of paper. And it says, the Necronomicon. What's this here? Uh, I think, so you're gonna read the piece of paper that you pick up? Yeah. So on the piece of paper are symbols that you don't recognize. You see a string of Latin words and beneath it, it says, one must read from the Necronomicon. And as you further unroll the piece of paper, beneath you see a small, crudely drawn map of Providence Harbor, far below the docks, a staircase. Well, I know where we're going, boys. Is that the, uh, what is that over there, uh, Raymond? I got a map. As you're looking yeah. at this and discussing, we're gonna go back to Angel. Angel, you have stayed home for the day, and I think towards the end of the day, you feel a little bad. You've missed the school day, and so you've decided to go back to school to get your homework um, and to get the work for that day. So uh, it's about three o'clock, right before the bell rings, and um, you walk in to your English class with, uh, with Mr. Althorpe hoping to get the assignments for the day. And you see Mr. Althorpe uh, kind of sitting there. Sorry, it's af after the bell rings. Mr. Althorpe is kind of sitting there. He's like going over some papers and looks up when you walk through the door and says, Ah, oh, yes, Angel, I did miss you in class today. Have you come to pick up your work? Bonjour, Monsieur Althorpe. I have come to pick up my paperwork uh, to do my homework. I cannot ignore my studies. I merely... I was uh, not feeling well this morning, but I assure you that uh, I shall be in class tomorrow, bright and shining as ever. Yes, of course, I assumed that you were sick uh, and uh, couldn't make up the work, but uh, yes, here you go, the, you should read uh, Act 3 of, of Macbeth. Ah, excellent, I will read it And again. small reports, 50 words. Do you know where my friends uh, have gone, perhaps? Uh, my friends Walter and Butch, Ellen and Raymond? Perhaps uh, they mentioned. As soon as you say Butch and Raymond, you kind of see him make this like sour look on his face. And he kind of says, Are they your, fr are they your friends? Well, Butch and Walter and Ellen are my friends, yes. You would do well to talk to them. <laughs> I believe that Raymond Hartley boy stood up in the middle of my class, shouted something about a house, and uh, Butch said he had to do a number two, took the hall pass, <laughs> and didn't return. That's called playing hooky, not very good for the grade, not very good for the grade at all. My goodness, I live for one day and the more fiber of my classmates deteriorates to nothing. I suppose that Raymond has got it into his head, something about vampires again, something about vampires on, on Benefit Street. Yes, he is very childish. Anyway, here, here you go, the, again. Act three of Macbeth and 50-word summary tomorrow. 
Uh, and hopefully you can talk some sense into your friends. We, oui. um, you did not hear from Walter? Uh, no, Walter was actually not in class today. I hadn't heard what happened to him. I, uh, I had thought that he too would come pick up his schoolwork, but if you're friends with him, I'm sure you can relay it back to him. Uh, absolutely, I will take uh, this. I will let him know what his work is. I would love to. He needs very to well, study. Very well. um, thank you very much. Uh, I think from there, Angel is going to um, head out to the soda fountain to see if uh, the the baseball team boys are hanging out there. Yeah, you go to the soda fountain and they aren't there. Uh, do I notice that Walter's mom isn't there? Uh, I guess that would depend on your intelligence. Um, I believe that was one of my higher stats. Uh, that's 60. Mm-hmm. A little above average. Maybe she's gifted. She's in a gate school. <laughs> Did those exist back then? No. No, they didn't. Those are like a very 90s thing. Yeah, you notice that the soda shop appears to be pretty understaffed. I think that's what you notice first, because you see Mr. Santino kind of like running around trying to do everything. His son Evan trying to do like the other half of the work. Um, And noticeably, you know, Aaron is not there. Lacey is not there. And then that's how you kind of realize that Mrs. D'Amico, too, is not at the soda shop. Because they just seem severely understaffed with how many people are there. Uh, I want to flag one of them down. Uh, obviously, and ask, uh, well, uh, well, is everybody, well, is Ellen, well, is Miss D'Amico? Uh, who are you flagging down, uh, Mr. Santino or Evan? Uh, who's more approachable? Probably Evan, because he's a kid your age. Okay, is he good-looking? Uh, let me see. We'll roll. <laughs> roll for look. Yeah, he's super good-looking. <laughs> and then I'm approaching Mr. Santino. <laughs> <laughs> super good looking boy is way too intimidating um just to let you know i rolled a 21 so <laughs> yeah definitely one was gonna be like the like hottest person on earth so yeah he's super good looking evan's a hottie evan's i've been hottie. chasing after the wrong guy yeah clearly you should have been more friends with me so i can introduce you to him <laughs> We didn't know Evan was super hot until today. It was he like Neville Longbottom today. What's what's Aaron? Like a 73, yeah. 74? <laughs> yeah, you, you go up to Mr. Santino to ask him about uh about everybody. Um and he kind of tells you he says he he's like very busy and he's trying to like serve people and he's kind of like a little annoyed by the fact that you're trying to ask him him questions. Um and he kind of says, uh, you know that Mrs. D'Amico is sick, and uh, my Lacey is sick. Everyone's been coming down with this illness, and my cat is sitting on my book, and I can't look at my stats. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's just me and my boy, Evan. Have you seen that that other boy, Aaron, around? I was looking for him as well. Uh, we'll see, perhaps uh, he is a friend of Walter's. Perhaps he is consoling Walter at the hospital. I will run by, and if he is there, I will send him back here. I will say, Walter did run back here after the hospital, because he lives above the soda shop. Oh, and so, that's And right. to rest before he went out um, to the house. So, Would you have told uh, Mr. D'Amico, uh, sorry, not Mr. D'Amico, Mr. Santino, where you were going? 
Yeah, probably. I was like, yeah, my mom probably had a, she had this note in her hand, uh, something about benefits, because I probably would have asked him, because she was working at the time. I was like, did someone, like, give her a note or something like that, Mrs. Santino? And then, you know, because I found this note in her hand that pointed to this this house on Benefit Street specifically, and so I'm going to go check it out. Oh, yeah. Okay. In that case, then Mr. Santino will tell you, yeah, Walter went to the hospital to uh, to tend to his mom, but uh, came back here, rested up a bit, and uh, went to this house on Benefit Street, something like that. You ever heard of it? One, 135? 135 Benefit Street. I have never heard of it, but if Walter is involved, it is possible that Ellen is playing hooky there and they are doing some kind of a game. So I will see if I can find him and perhaps find you some relief, no? Yes, sounds good. If you can find Aaron, you send him right back here. I, I will do that. Um, would you please tell Evans that I said hello and then I'm going <laughs> to run out. Uh, before he can even say before yes. Before he can say yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, let's go back to uh, the boys who have just opened this note that referenced the Necronomicon. Raymond, the Necro what? What? Necronomicon. Aaron, mm-hmm. you have some points in Cthulhu Mythos. I want you to roll Cthulhu Mythos and see if you recognize this name from those books that you read. You might only have like a couple points, so you're gonna have to roll really well. Uh, or occult. Oh, I can do mm. occult. Let me let me let me do Cthulhu Mythos. <laughs> God, that's a that's a success. I got really. A, yeah, I got a two. What? Yeah, I got a two, and then freaking I had to beat a three, so I barely struck that because on the tens dice I got a zero. No way. Okay. Let's go. Yeah. You have, so you don't know what the Necronomicon is, but you did read that word in the books that you had with you when you took it home. Something that you had read in uh, that German book, The Young World, and, um, or sorry, When the World Was Young, also was referenced in that, you know, fantastical uh, children's book of poetry. You actually saw the word Necronomicon. Yeah. You don't really know what it is, um, but you definitely have seen it before. And I want you to roll me another sanity check. Oh, boy. Uh, Times when you don't want to succeed. Between a 50 and a 96, yeah. Barely squeaked by with a 43. Okay, what was what is your sanity currently? Because I know 40. you lost some. It was 40? Yeah. Okay, so then you... you fail because actually you're you're rolling not what your sanity was it's what your sanity currently is okay then yeah no i feel that okay uh you're gonna take three sanity damage um what are you at in terms of total sanity lost started at 55 15 lost three so i lost 18 again very close to that 20 yeah Something kind of like lights up in your mind and you're like, I have heard this word before and it's associated with something that I read the night before. By chance, um, real quick, the, the letters that I found downstairs that also had Latin, but I was too frustrated and tired to actually notice. Would they have something similar? Um, I don't think you had like a ton of Latin downstairs. There was like Latin in the note that um, Angel got, 
but the writing that you've seen currently has mostly been in like English, Finnish, or German. Okay. I know English. Finnish. Do we, know, is do we notice like Aaron kind of looking rough? By the way, just from the accumulation of all these things. Oh, yeah, Aaron yeah. has already said that he looks rough, right? You've like, oh, been drinking right, yeah. like seven bottles of Coke. You like haven't slept last night. He looks rough. Yeah, I am like, deeply hair is frazzled. tired. And as you ponder the meaning of the word Necronomicon, and Raymond, as you look, all four of you again hear the opening of the door downstairs, and you again hear footsteps coming up the stairs. Oh, God damn it. Fuck's sake. About to and take on another one. <laughs> we forgot a plan this time. Professor Rose Jardine, she rises from the chair and she says, Is that somebody that you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, clearly, I could tell from the uh, footsteps from like all the way up here. What? Were you expecting somebody? No. Then I... we remember when I said that there were others that were here. I. This might be them. Well, if I got you, then I can get them, and I'm gonna go back into my position where yep. I was to Miss... get them in the gut again. Butch, why don't you keep her safe real quick? What do you want me to do? Dive in front of a bullet? I mean, here, no, come I mean, here. just just put it behind her. Ma'am, come come back here. Shh, just stay quiet though. Babe Ruth and uh, well, actually, Babe Ruth's not even known at this point. Um, Ty yeah. Cobb over <laughs> here is gonna take care of him. Yeah. Raymond's got his hands back on the lever. And up the stairs walks, you hear the... We listen again? Sure, yeah, well, I think you all hear this just because, like, it has... Uh, yeah, but you can listen if you like. Let's see if you can figure out the shoes. Nope. Yeah. You can? Yeah, I can. I got an okay, eight. Angel, what type of shoes are you wearing? Are you wearing heels? Oh, she's wearing heels. You don't... Oh, yeah. If you're a woman, you don't wear heels over the age of, I don't know, 14. You don't. You mean you, you don't only not wear, wear, you only wear heels? Yeah, you don't. You only wear heels after oh. a certain age. Gotcha. Yeah. So you again, Aaron, hear the clicking of heels as it comes up the stairs. It's another woman. All right. Okay. Let's before we swing. I mean, there's there. Yeah, there I mean, there could be. There was at least a few women in the Seekers of Truth, but you know, it could be another woman that we know that's not violent. So let's just. Let's, I'm gonna grab, but you don't swing at the baseball bat this time, okay? Do I hear their voices? Uh, yeah, you totally... Are, are you guys being quiet? Walter's not. Bad. Okay. No. no. Angel, you totally hear all, all the boys, like, arguing upstairs about how they're going to, like, try and whack you. <laughs> you guys hear the footsteps stop, and then Angel calls out, Waltdale? Are you oh. Waltdale? Oh, good. Oh, thank, thank the Lord. Yeah, Angel, it's us. It's up. We're up here. Um... You should come see this real quick. We found a portal to another dimension. Woman, I almost hit you in the gut with my bat. Please announce yourself next time. It's yes, I would um, next time announce yourself, madam, because I did take a baseball bat to the gut, as this gentleman so put. Are you okay, by pleasant. the way? Uh, do you need, like, medical attention? No, I think I'm all right. Have been better than today. You're lucky you were hit by the manager of the team and not, you know... <laughs> <laughs> I'll <laughs> start over here. Points to push. Uh, Angel, are you coming up the stairs? Yeah, she's gonna okay. come all the way up the stairs. She's gonna give Raymond uh, a sort of dirty look, like, "Why are you telling me childish lies?" <laughs> um, <laughs> because she has not seen anything to lead her to believe that there's anything supernatural going on, and she's going to sh uh, hold out the piece of paper with Latin written on it, 
and she's going to look at the professor suspiciously and say, I did not see you in the graveyard last night, did I? Who, me? I'm standing, like, right in front of her. <laughs> the woman behind you. What were you doing in the graveyard? What? I was not in a graveyard last night. What's going on, Angela? Angel? She's going to hand the paper to Aaron, uh, which I'm sure he will receive when he gets back. And um, she's going to explain everything that happened in the graveyard with uh, uh, finding the gravestone and finding the note and spotting the uh, woman in the silver cloak. Um, how the cloak appeared gray but then shined iridescent in the twilight. How she hid the note from the woman and uh, the woman pulled a knife on her and then disappeared. Um, and that, you know, her heebies were properly jeebied, so she stayed home from school. Sounds yeah. like a vampire to me. And we kind of just, then we feel on, on Jelen and on everything that we saw. Like, very rapid version. Mom got sick, came here to the house, portaled the space. When we pulled the lever, this lady walked in, hit her with a bat. Ha, I told you. See, they saw it, too. No, there was, I threw a letter opener through this, this, like, Through the shape. portal into space. It was almost like some sort of, like, gate into, like, the stars. By the way, Norman, uh, Angel has handed you the, um, the paper with Latin on it. Okay. Um, I, I think at that moment when I would have gotten it, I would have tried to muster as much brain power as I can to focus on my, like, Latin to read what it says. <laughs> well, hey, uh, uh, Aaron, real quick, uh, if you're not up for it, Miss the Professor Lady, do you speak Latin? I'm a physics professor. I mean, I studied Latin very briefly in school, but not... Not to any uh, depth, but I, I certainly can take a look. That's fine. Just, uh... All right, Aaron, but, uh... No, just be careful, man. You're not, you're not looking too good. Ellen, you look very rough. Do you need to sit down, Phillips? I... Uh, I just need a good... I, uh, I, I, Mr. Santino was worried about you, him and Evan, I'll overworked at the shop, which I was going to suggest you go to work, but not like this. You cannot work. Uh, yeah, you, you want you want us to go get you a Coke or something? You look like you need something to drink. Maybe we should all... say phosphate? Yes. I, you know what? Uh, I've had a day. Uh, do you guys want to just get out of here? Maybe either go back to the soda shop or to your office, miss? Uh, discuss some of these things? No, no, I'm not going anywhere unless it's the basement of this building or under the harbor. Well, we could, you know, do this in oh, multiple yeah. steps, Raymond, you know? Have you been in the basement, uh, Professor? I have searched this house. I will say that there's nothing more interesting than this machine that I have found. No coffins in the basement. Why would there be a coffin in the basement? I'm the just vampires. asking for her. Uh, and I put my hand, uh, hand over my face. She kind of looks at you, and she kind of, like, wags her finger, and she says, You, yes, you threw that bulb of garlic at me, didn't you? Yeah, I'd do it again, too. There aren't any vampires, not the Bram Stoker type, anyway. Well, yeah, we figured that part out. I'm not operating at 100% right now. I'm... I got notes to review. I, professor, I'm... 
sorry that I hit you with uh, with my bat. I deeply apologize. I'm gonna go home. I'm going to actually sleep, and then afterwards I'm going to review all of this because there's so much going on, and I am just, my brain is shot to hell. Aaron, every time you've looked at this stuff over the past week, it seems like you've gotten shot to hell, so to speak. Uh, I mean, I'm, I don't do a lot of uh, labor with my brain necessarily, but whenever I overwork myself, there's more of like a, there's a risk of injury, you know, if I like try to lift too much or whatever. So just, uh, I, I, pref I personally would feel comfortable if you'd kind of looked at this stuff in front of us, just so we know that you're safe. Um, I don't want to have to come home and, or like hear Mr. Santino, you run out of the store and say, hey, your best friend just fell on the ground. He's unconscious. I got to bring him to the hospital too. Would performing first aid on Aaron provide any benefit to him at this point? You can try. I'm gonna try and do my nurse thing. How good looking is Aaron? <laughs> What's your appearance? What's, What's your, appearance? your app, Aaron? My what? App under characteristics. Forty. I think we need to 40? put this. To, oh. We just need to put this to bed. You're like, fine. Who's, who's got the highest <laughs> yeah. app? Who's got the highest app out of our group here? Uh. I was sixty-five. Oh, Raymond Ooh. is sixty-five. Oh. I'm a Walt. Walt is a fifty. But he's like real, he's really big. He's kind of like a, <laughs> got a butterface thing going. No, I'm sorry. An easy, easy, easy Bronco. <laughs> uh, Butch is a 60. Uh, yeah, uh, I got a hard success. Okay. Um, you go over and you try to administer first aid. I think, you know, you kind of take out a little medical packet that you have on yourself. But you don't find physical ailments that you can see on Aaron. If I have like a comb, I can comb him and talk to him comfortingly and um, uh, fetch him some water. Yeah, I think if you are um, being like kind to him and kind of giving this time, I will allow Aaron to gain back to sanity. Oh yeah, absolutely. She can do that for a friend. All right, so as you're kind of doing this, you see the professor kind of like rubbing her forehead and looking down and trying to like think and see. She seems to be piecing something together and she says, from my research, it seems that everything converges on the harbor. There's something in that harbor. Well, we got here a map shows us how to get underneath it. So let's go. I think you're right. I think we, we do have to go at least to, to see what it is that is affecting the city. Perhaps we can wait until Ellen is feeling a little better, no? We do not want to overtax our friend muchly. We would not wish anything to happen to him. We could also be all unconscious and screaming about, uh, you know, having your mind, it beats your mind down and you can't get away and being up in the hospital tomorrow, so. Walter, I have seen many dying men screaming many horrible things, and sometimes there is nothing more important than taking the time to rest before jumping headlong into a dangerous situation. No, I understand. Aaron's not going, but I think maybe the rest of us should. No offense, buddy. I want. I think you're onto something, Walter. It does seem that people who've spent time here, people who are not particularly well, 
it may even be at random, but people have been getting ill. And the more time that we take, the more that we risk that one of us actually falls ill as well. You've had family members, haven't you? And friends that have fallen ill. Yeah, we're on the clock. Let's go. The only question is, do we need a boat? Now we got a staircase on this map here. Okay, yeah, but do we need a boat? Yeah, I think we go down the staircase and we get underground and we go under the harbor. Angel is going to put one hand on Walter's arm and say, if wealth comes to wealth, we can use Raymond as a boat. Yeah, I mean, that, that'd be funny, but I don't think he'd float very well. He's very, like... Although he does Small. carry a lot of pencils. I'm all skin and bones. I'm holding some hammers. Yeah. It's full of so much hot air. <laughs> Didn't you know? We all, we all float down here. <laughs> the professor turns to you and says, If we need to, cert- certainly we should get a boat. But I think there's something that Raymond is holding that can tell us where we can find it. It seems that there's something beneath the docks, beneath the harbor. Huh. I know those docks pretty well, so let's, um... Are you gonna be okay, Aaron? You wanna I, come with us, or you, you need rest? I just... Uh, I... I just need sleep. I... Aaron, you've I done... Need... You've done so much. We wanna leave him alone, though. I can walk home with Alan and make sure he gets home safely, and then I can meet you at the docks. If that's what you want, I mean, take the bat. My uncle should be, yeah, my uncle should be getting here around now. It takes about like six hours, seven hours to get from uh, south up sailing up here, so he should actually be getting here pretty soon, so I can check to see if he's in the harbor. Is Butch handing on shell the bat? I think Aaron still had it, unless he dropped it. No, I, it's like I'm gripping it in one hand and I'm just like looking over the papers and the others, like just like flipping them through. But yeah, no, the moment we um, kind of like started applying first aid on Aaron, the papers went back in the bag, but the bat is still on his person. Yeah, All I right. I don't think we're going to separate him from the bat. No. All <laughs> right, so Angel, you and Aaron are walking back to the soda shop. Uh, to Aaron's home. Oh, yeah, sorry, to Aaron's home. No, no, Aaron, sorry, I forgot. You guys are going to Aaron's house. Um, and Ray, Butch, and Walter, you guys are going down to the harbor. Yep, that's right. Okay. Yes. All right, so Angel, you and Aaron are able to make it back to his house without any problems. The rest of you, the three of you, follow the map as you begin to walk back towards Hope Street. You make a right and you walk south towards the end of Hope Street, where it meets that bustling harbor that brought Providence so much prosperity in the early 1900s. It is the middle of the day. It is a busy harbor, and there are multiple ships that have moored at the harbor. People are working. They seem to be unloading things from the ships. To you at this moment, it looks like what the harbor looks like every day. See, where's this staircase. Well, one second. Let me see if my uh, uncle's sailing up here. Or steaming up. That's a good idea. I'll look for the staircase. You look for your uncle. I'll go with you, Ray. Because we sent that letter in the very morning, and it would have only taken like a few hours probably to get down there, depending on how the mail was delivered. It's kind of like a daily mail kind of thing, though. You know what I mean? Like, 
all mail goes out from Providence at like noon or something like that. Yeah. Oh, um, you didn't send a telegram? I'm not sure if a telegram would have gotten. I don't. What they've had? Yeah, telegrams are the closest they had to instant messaging back then. I'm just curious if they maybe got it to Southern Rhode Island at that point, but probably it is kind of a still in the megalopolis of Boston Province, so, uh, New York. I mean, York. telegrams are sent from the late 19th century. Telegrams tended to be sent by Morse code. I, t I, I think I specifically said letter though. So, um, depends on like what time of the morning they, that mail goes out. If it goes out at like nine, I, there's a chance. Yeah, go ahead and roll that luck. 64. So you look out at the harbor and you don't see your uncle's ship. All right. Um, see that? Just clock it. And like, um, I think I see like, there's a lot of people that I would know around here. Um, mm -hmm. So I just see my buddy Wally. Uh, like, hey, Wally, uh, can I borrow you uh, your gaffing hook real quick? Uh, what does Wally look like and how old is he? Wally is like a uh, 30 year old. He's got, he's kind of like got uh, dark hair. He's kind of, it's kind of like slicked back. Um, but he's, he's starting to go a little shallow already. Uh, he's got, like, way too many freckles, uh, mm -hmm. and he's just kind of, like, wide-eyed and kind of, um, kind of a big gap in his teeth as well. All right. Uh, <laughs> trying to David see Letterman. how to sound like Wally. <laughs> and he's like, uh, oh, hey, uh, Walter, how you doing? Well, you know, my mom's in the hospital, uh, real quick, but I'm gonna, uh, my uncle's come oh, up to... Oh, I, I... I didn't hear that. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, it's it's all right, Wally. Uh, real, I'm kind of in a bit of a hurry. I'd love to chat, but my uncle my uncle's coming up here soon. Um, but we're probably gonna take her back down to maybe southern, uh, maybe like Galilee, Charlestown, that area. Just get get her get her some fresh air. But uh, my uncle, he, he's gonna maybe do some. Uh, we're gonna maybe do some fishing this weekend, and uh, his gaffing hook kind of broke. And I was wondering if I could borrow it. Uh, just, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, bit. whatever. I mean, anything for you and Steve, man. Uh, yeah, let me just uh, take a look here. And he kind of, like, gets onto his boat, looks... What the heck is a gaffing hook? So a gaffing hook is, like, <laughs> a um, a big hooked... Like, and there's different types. It's when you, like, get the fish to the side of the boat and you have that, like, hooked thing and you hit it under... The, you kind of grip it under the fish to pull it up onto the boat. You uh -huh. know? So it's, like... And uh... they can come in different sizes, but... Um, yeah, like, there's a handheld one they probably would have used oh, more so back oh, in the oh, day. Oh, I see it. I see it. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. he'll 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 give his to you. I yeah, mean, you're a good friend like hand, to him. Handheld, like a foot, sort of. Handheld, and it's got, like, a little hook at the end. Okay, yeah, yeah he'll give that to you. Awesome. Thanks, buddy. I really appreciate it. I'll get this back to you uh, as soon as I can. Uh, I think you probably catch up with um, Butch and Ray at this point. And Butch and Ray, I'm going to have the two of you. I would like for you to roll Navigate to try and figure out if we can see where to go. Um, other things I would let you use is like library use to kind of like see if you can read a map, basically. Okay, I'm gonna take library use. No, failed. Either one. Success. Okay. Uh, yeah, Raymond, you are able to read the map and follow it. Um, and instead of going towards the busier portions of the harbor, it actually takes you down a little side road that's like a dirt path that seems to have been created um, away from the harbor itself and takes you down towards uh, an area where there are not many people. And there, just before you get to where the water is, that path forms what looks like a set of natural stairs of stone that seem to kind of like cave down towards the water and then turns off towards the left so that you're not just stepping directly into the water. Here we go, Butch. Found it. Yeah, it looks kind of ominous, doesn't it? Um, should we wait for Walter or... 
Hey, hey guys, sorry. Uh, oh, we found it. Yeah. <laughs> Walter's like coming up with this like gigantic yeah, fishing You see this hook. like big, like kind of wooden handled, like, you know, basically a handled thing with like this steel hook, basically like a giant fish hook that I'm like holding in between my hands, like, like this, you know, almost looks like a gigantic claw sort of I thing. Mean, that that did say, Anshel did say she would meet you guys at the docks, but you can leave her behind again, I guess. Don't worry, I'll bring you in. So We're going to wait for the others? We I think someone's got to find her dead body. Yeah, I mean, we feel like we should um, just give her a few minutes to get back here. Like, we can prep ourselves. Professor, do you have any idea of what's going to go on down there? I don't. I am as new to this as all of you are. This was where my research had ended, honestly. I was, to be honest, afraid to come this far. Afraid to know what I would find. And as the three of you look out towards the waters of Providence Harbor and look down the stairs, we are going to bring this episode to a close and have you guys explore these stairs next time. Thank you, everybody, for joining us on this episode of At the End of Hope Street. So it looks like we are going to have one more episode left next week where we figure out exactly what is down below Providence Harbor. So once again, my name is Faye, and I have been your keeper this evening. You can find me on Twitter at CatFayGuy, as well as at my other podcast at How the Quest. Um, where can they find you, Tyler? Uh, they can find me on tylerscowcroft.com or at all social media at tscowcrow, T-S-C-O-W-C-R-O. And what about you, Matt? I can be found on Twitter, longfellow underscore Matt. All right. And what about you, Nathan? Our listeners can find me trudging down an ancient stairwell on the coast toward eldritch horrors which await me below. Or on Twitter at Nate Scott Jones. And what about you, Norm? Uh, you can find me at Norman Lambert 45, 45th of his name, trying to kill the other 44 in front of me to bring Supreme. <laughs> and, of course, Felicity, where can we find you? Uh, you can probably find me emerging out of any corner in your home, uh, or you can find me on Twitter <laughs> at RadMissPlus. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you, everybody, again. And I hope that you, the listener, will join us for our finale of At the End of Hope Street next time. <laughs> <laughs>